Welcome to the Flavors of Ice Cream. Throughout my entrepreneurial and career journey, as so many people tell me, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. Hey, no stress. How can you know what your favorite flavor of ice cream is if you haven't tried that many flavors of ice cream? Likewise, how can you know what you want to do with your life if you haven't tried all that much? In this podcast, we explore different avenues and pathways together so you can figure out what's right for you. Let's get to it. In this episode, we interview Johan Dante, a successful growth consultant who scales businesses from 100k a year to over a million a year very quickly. We dive into how he got into the growth space, the type of work that he does, and also tips and tricks for those looking to do the same. We also uncover the trials and tribulations of entrepreneurship and how that's helped him immensely in his journey. All right, and welcome back to Flavors of Ice Cream. Uh, today, I have a very interesting guest um, who's really experienced in the growth, property management, and entrepreneurship field, and someone I actually felt was kind of a mentor to me when I first met him back in 2016, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, so he's told me a lot about entrepreneurship, and he's sort of seen my journey, and I've seen his journey. Um, so it's been quite amazing. And just to give you guys a bit of an overview... So, Johan is a serial entrepreneur building and selling companies. He was awarded the Australian Anthill 30 Under 30 Entrepreneur in 2012, Young Australian Innovator of the Year finalist 2014, and a Young Social Pioneer in 2016, which is actually where we met. Um, most recently, one of his companies called MyEd, he built from scratch from zero schools to uh, over 200 schools and three, uh, 36,000 students. And he started that in his parents' backyard as a 19-year-old, which is something I think a lot of us can relate to and are probably going through right now. And basically what this company did was change the model from one-size-fits-all classrooms to a more self-driven, personalized, project-based learning model and was acquired by the largest education group in Australia with over 3,000 schools in 2017. Today, Johan helps companies scale, companies, helps companies scale from 100K to over a million in weeks and months. For example, recently helping a company go from 100k a year to 80k a month. So Johan wakes up every day helping humans have transform transformations in financial, emotional, and business well-being. His clients have included MJ Fitzpatrick, InSpace XR, UBank, ING Direct, Diego, Diego, uh, NAC, Brute, and UNE, just to name a few. He is also the managing director of Dante Property Management Group, which is the first of its kind social enterprise in the property development space. Do you want to say hi? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. So, I mean, first of all, like you, you drove here, right? So how was yeah. the how's the drive over? It was good. Um, drive was amazing. Uh, listened to a uh, something really interesting about um, 2050. All of our uh, there'll be more people dying from super antibacterial uh, superbugs uh, than cancer, which uh, got me real excited for the future. Um, and uh, but how we're exploring phages and all this yummy, you know, bio biology uh, to actually uh, figure out what is the next antibiotics, which was really interesting. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> that was my drive. Um, yeah. And also, just one thing to note as well with my ad. Um, uh, I didn't just found that on my own. That was me and Rowan. We started that back in my parents' um, backyard, and um, yeah, we had an amazing team to build that. Uh, but I just wanted to say that. So yeah, give, that's give a very good where, point. Uh, credits due. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and Rowan was your uh, your instructor, right? He was your mm, tutor. He was my 
uh, Rowan, so I started my first business when I was 13 and yeah. it was um, uh, basically like a creative digital agency and um, I just kept building, you know, from there and then um, just getting, my first client was like a florist company, my my um, family friend's uh, florist company and just as a naive kid, uh, you know, it was like, oh great, let's do that and you know, it was like a 50 buck project but it was like, took a lot of time and then you know, went with uh, wedding um, dress designers and just kept like basically through networks building my portfolio and my client base. And then when I was in year 11, um, I needed an economics tutor. And so I went online and I found the dude who didn't look like uh, the biggest nerd and <laughs> found a guy who actually looked like a guy to get along with. And um, uh, he also marketed himself well. He's, he, uh, he said that he tutored the guy who came number one in the state, which he did. Nice. So I'm like, okay, great. He seems cool. He's got a mohawk and, uh, you know, he's uh, done that. So then he comes and anyway, we build a relationship. And one day, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working on one of my client's projects. And, um, you know, he comes in and he's like, oh, hey, uh, what's that? And I'm like, oh, don't worry about that. And I put it away. He's like, no, 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 show me. And so I start showing him all the client work that I've done and just really sharing as a kid, you know, authentically like, wow, this is what I love and excited about. And he's like, great. You know, I'm launching a book. I'm launching this other company and I'm launching this company. I'd love if you could brand that, do a website for both, do a book cover, all of that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, our relationship actually began began from there. Um, and then fast forward uh, to 2012. So that would have been about 2008 or seven. Um, and fast forward to 2012 where we founded, uh, my ed, uh, which was the education technology company. Yeah. Awesome. And, um, what's really interesting is a lot of your things happen sort of serendipitously, right? Yes. So, very serendipitously. So yeah. you started when you were 13, you were doing websites for people mm -hmm. and eventually people just started finding out about you correct. and you started getting more into the digital space. Yes, correct. Yep. So were you doing marketing and web development or was it just... Well, I didn't have a name for it before. Yep. So yes, but I just thought it was... Just some side money. Yeah, no, yeah. I just thought it was like <laughs> fun, you know, I just, I was a kid and so, because my dad gave me my first computer when I was like year two and uh, back when, you know, I had the top end computer of 12 gigabyte hard drive. And, uh, some people find that funny, but no one, you know, I find that funny anyway. Um, and, uh, yeah, and ba basically my dad installed Adobe Flash, uh, and Photoshop. And I just remember looking on the back cover and being like, wow, that's amazing. Another kid did that. And I remember going on other like websites like twoadvance.com and these incredible interactive flash websites. Um, and I, I literally thought it was another kid from around the world who was creating these. And so I'm like, oh man, if this kid can do it, like I can do it. Yeah. And so I just started trying to recreate them. And, you know, I'm so grateful to that, you know, I can't remember how old, maybe nine. I don't know. I'm so grateful to that kid, younger yo, um, because what I didn't know was I was, I was actually looking at teams that were getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. to build these websites. <laughs> and, um, you know, he just, that kid just kept persevering, kept building, kept building. And, um which allowed me to build the skills that, you know, I get to enjoy even today. Yeah, that's fantastic. And um, what's really interesting when you say that story reminds me of like, so when I was 14, mm. I was doing a similar thing, but it was with computer hardware. Oh. So, so my grandpa used to spoil me a lot yeah. and um, he helped me build my first computer. Yeah. So he gave me about a thousand dollars and he was like, go, wow, go play around, go build a computer. That's and a badass I'm, grandpa. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. And um, so I built my first computer yeah. with like a graphics card and like, you know, the computer tower and, yeah. and bought some monitors. And then wow. 
bunch of people were like, hey, how'd you do that? It's yeah. like so much cheaper when you build it than it is to like... Wow, and a thousand bucks to build like a high-end computer back then was... That's really good. I had a beast of a computer back then. Which yeah, great. wow. Yeah, yeah. I remember I paid 7K for my like Dell XPS craziness. And you got like one for a thousand bucks. That's great. Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so on that line of thinking, right, I had a bunch of people come up to me and say, yeah. hey, how'd you do that? Can you build me one for yeah. like 50, 50 bucks, 100 mm. bucks? Um, so in a very similar way, I started a business mm. uh, building computers for people. Yeah. And what I see... I don't know if this is just a coincidence, but mm. I see a lot of entrepreneurs who started these weird side mm. hustles in, mm. in like mm-hmm. when they were 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes into my question, which is like, do you think entrepreneurship is an innate thing or do you think it's just, um, can you develop entrepreneurial skills or like, what do you, what do you think about entrepreneurship and young people and, uh, you know, are people, certain people sort of geared towards it and certain people aren't? Mm. Is that? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I have multiple perspectives on this. It's a very, it's a very interesting question. Um, so I think, I think we all have certain innate talents and giftings. Um, and you know, that where those are developed over time. Right. And so what I mean by that is, you know, I'm, I'm doing these, uh, digital design and strategy and branding and all that kind of stuff. Um, and growth stuff when I'm a kid, which is, and I'm getting praise for that as I'm growing up, I'm getting money, I'm getting positive validation, my synapses, my brain, my subconscious is starting to like build around these different things, you know, um, and maybe there was something before when I was born, I don't know, but, um, you know, my belief is that the, uh, there's a really good book, um, I can't remember the name, uh, it'll come to me at some point, uh, oh, what's your genius, uh, and, um, you know, they talk about how these these kind of pathways, your talent pathways, get kind of built over time, and so you could you could try and fight against them, but after twenty years, where you've just you know they've been built, you might as well actually leverage them. Um, so I believe we have these innate talents, and then entrepreneurship as a definition, um, it really depends on what you define entrepreneurship as. Uh, if you define it from the perspective of problem solving, I think anyone can do that and they can leverage their own innate talents to be able to do that in the area and place and people that they're, that they feel most led to. Mm -hmm. Um, if you talk about it from a wealth generation perspective of like being able to make, create an entity or create something that you put $1 in, you get multiple dollars out. Um, I think that's another skill set. Uh, and so I think that's a skill set that can be learned. Um, but I think the major thing is... Uh, for people looking to get into entrepreneurship, I find today a lot of people, this is a bit of a, a tangent on your question, but I find a lot of people are getting into entrepreneurship because um, they just don't want to work for somebody or uh, it's a romantic notion as opposed to, you know, something that they actually, you know, want to do and create in the world. Um, and so I think, you know, if you, uh, are you born with it? Um, I think no. I think it's something developed over time. Um, and uh, I think if you stick within, I, I think if you know yourself well enough to know um, your innate superpowers, right? And you do the work to discover that and then align your life, whether it be entrepreneurship, whether it be working in a job, to those, I think you're you're going to reap a reward uh, that's a multiplication on your effort. So just to dig into that a little bit. Yeah. So you're basically saying that it's not really about whether you're born with it or not. It's more about the motive that you have for entrepreneurship and also, uh, I guess, discovering your super superpower and then yes. figuring out how 
the best way to implement that is. Yeah, right. absolutely. Awesome. That yeah. makes sense. Um, so I, I guess just to sort of, let's go back to 19-year-old Joe, mm. you know, sitting in your parents' backyard, coming up with the idea for my ed with, yeah. with Rowan. And, yeah. Um, what was sort of the motivation behind the idea and how did you really get, like, this is a question that everyone always asks me and I'm sure yeah. you get it too. Yeah. How do you start? Yeah. Right? So can you sort of walk us through, like, how that occurred? Yeah. Look, I can, I can tell you the um, step-by-step, um, but uh, it's actually not about the step-by-step. I actually think it's just about the way of being you bring to that. So I'll go through the step-by-step, and then I'll give you the way of being. The step-by-step was um, Rowan was my client. Uh, he ran a company called Artist Mind Education. Um, he had this idea for um, doing the HSC online in videos and quizzes. Um, uh, when he So he initially approached me to be able to like help him design and build the whole thing. I then came back to him and I'm like, oh, I looked at it. I'm like, hey, this is something I'd actually like to do. And I saw this whole vision of how it could be. And then I pitched him the vision and I pitched him, hey, instead of you paying $40,000, $50,000 in building this thing, how about we just do it together? And um, so that's how we started. Um, and then he thought it, he went back, he thought about it, he said, yay. And um, we, we kicked it off from there in our parents' backyard, got the business model canvas out. Um, I literally, he, uh, the other day, he actually just um, photocopied uh, the one he found when he was cleaning out. And uh, so I have it. Um, and it's the really original just, business. The original, wow. yeah, that we did in my parents' backyard. Um, could not have foreseen the journey that was ahead. Um, so just quickly, yeah. for people that don't know what a business canvas is, yeah, you yeah, want to yeah. give like the, the 15 second explanation? Yeah, great. So it's basically, instead of doing a 50 page bullcrap uh, business plan, uh, uh, Steve Blank? Sorry? Steve Blank? That's who did it, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I think Steve <laughs> Blank and then another guy created a lean business model canvas, which is basically a one page document that's kind of like a mind map where instead of a business plan, it actually just focuses on the most critical points you need and you have a business plan in a one page and more visual as well. Um, and basically that becomes your steering um, uh, point uh, for the entire business um, to kick off. So do you think that's sort of the uh, a good place to start? It's a good place to start. No, I, okay. Now in hindsight, I actually think there's a better place to start. I, like, I think it's really good we did that. I think everyone should do that, um, but that's not the thing. Um, and that brings me back to the way of being, which is the way of being needs to be uh, no story, like get rid of the emotion, feel the emotion, then step out of that. Because this is usually how it happens. And this is how it happened for me is like, oh my gosh, we're going to change the world. Oh my gosh, like this is so great. I'm 19 years old. Oh my gosh, it's so great. We're going to do this and this is it's going to be like this. And it's gonna, this, 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 this. Uh, if I was to do it again, I'd put all of that away mm-hmm. and I would just focus on de-risking three things. Uh, product market fit. Now, I know a lot of people may not know what that is, so happy to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, de-risk uh, uh, cost of acquisition. So basically, um, de-risking, am I able to sell this thing? So the first the first one is de-risking, eh, is this something people want and people would, you know, die over, right? Like, mm-hmm. they, they'll love this so much that they'll do anything for it. The second to de-risk is, can I sell this thing? And then the third thing to de-risk is... Um, uh, the unit economics, like, does this make economic sense? So if I put a dollar in, will I get $10 out? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I was to do it again, basically what I would do is literally I'd just go out and sell it. So I would sell it to, uh, 
let's say we were doing the HSC, I would go sell it to, um, you know, five families first at a higher price and yeah. say, I'll cr- we'll create this entire curriculum for you online in videos, quizzes, in a game-like format. It'll cost you 500 bucks for the entire year. Uh, you know, are you in? And I would go out and sell it and then I'd build it. That's what I would do if I was to do it again. Yeah, and I totally agree. And I think what happens nowadays is sometimes people try to validate ideas through surveys. Yes. But you don't validate ideas Full through breath. surveys. You validate problems by a surveys, right? Correct. You validate ideas by sales, yes, right? correct. So I 100% agree with that, yes. that mentality. But yeah. I guess just to bring it back again. Yeah, please. For product market fit. Yes. Right. Um, so I guess I can give you, I can say what I feel is the yeah. sort of definition, right? Yeah, 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 great. So product market fit is basically getting um, an idea, yeah. right? So you're validating your idea and finding the right audience for that idea that makes yes. sense, that is profitable, that solves their problem. And, you know, I guess meets a variety of different criteria. Yep. Is there anything you want to sort of add to that? Nope. Um, (laughs) I think that's really good. Uh, Product market fit is, for me, both an artistic, spiritual, and scientific endeavor. And um, it's the mix of those three that I think really creates what's possible. Um, And that that might make no sense. That that, that means a lot to me. It makes sense because I think, um, I mean, scientifically, because, I mean, there's that uh, the equation of like yes. you know, solving their problem and then yes. spiritually just I guess it's all like the emotion behind it yeah. it's like um, sometimes it's really hard to sort of uh, put a equation behind solving their problem maybe yeah. it's just like the way that they feel yes right yeah um, so there's so many different things that go into it correct um, and then there's the artistic which is like it's very creative. Like that is the most creative part of it that's right yeah um, look sales and marketing can be super creative too uh, but it's sales and marketing is much more, in my world, scientific. Growth is much more scientific than um, uh, artistic. Well, artistic because also, like, you can have two identical solutions. The one that looks better is just going to get more adoption, right? Yeah. That's yeah. just how it works, yeah. right? But will it will it maintain people? That's the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> mm. So going back to your question, if I was to advise, if anyone who's listening has an idea that they want to go out and, like, start a company, don't. Go sell it first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they can worry about all that stuff when they have too many sales, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you awesome. can be profitable from day one, like happy days, go do that. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. So I think that sort of covers the, the entrepreneurship route and mm. starting things. And I think product market fit basically sums up the entire thing. All the mm. other things for entrepreneurship, like setting up a company and paying employees, oh. you'll figure it out. Yeah. And uh, on, on employees too, it's like... Keep your team small. Like, if you can build a company that's doing, you know, half a mil, a mil, three mil, and it's got two, three employees, or two, a team of two to three people, like, do that. You know, everyone's like, everyone's so busy. Um, oftentimes, I see, you know, because uh, we help, um, uh, we do some workshops on a program, Sydney Uni program called the Genesis program and different stuff like that. And um, one of the things I see is like, it's a phenomenal idea, and then the team gets up, and there's six people, and I'm like, what? And one guy's talking the entire time. Yeah. And it becomes evident that it's actually just this one guy, but he's such a people pleaser, or such a, like, he's insecure of his own self, or he just he just enjoys doing that kind of work when there's other people there, that he just wants all these people on board. Well, it's that, it's that personality type, right? The amiable mm. person that just yeah. needs validation from other people. Yes. And- yeah, I, I had to learn that the hard way as well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
So I think um, it, it is a trap that most people fall into, and yeah. it's always easier when you have team to like support you. Right? Yes. Being alone in the entrepreneurship journey is just so hard sometimes. Yes. Right? Correct. So I understand why people fall into that, yes. but especially hiring... when you're not making money. Yeah. It is it, being alone <laughs> and not making money. That is not a fun place to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's other ways, obviously. So you just need to figure out personally what's right for you. Yeah. And um, what support well, mechanisms well, you need. Well, actually, I think it's you got to work out what's best for the business because. Mm. Um, too many people, like, I, I think that's actually, you know, part of the problem is, you know, when starting a business, people, uh, you know, let's, because like, a, a lot of uni students would be listening to this and, you know, employees would be listening to this. So, you know, a lot of people just think, oh, you know, um, I'll quit uni, I'll quit the job, I'll do whatever. But actually that's not, you quitting your job actually isn't the best thing for the business because, uh, what's probably the best thing for the business is for you to save cash to put into sales and marketing. Yeah. You know, so like go, don't quit your job because uh, that might be the best thing for you to feel better about your life, uh, but it might not be better the best thing for the business. Well, also, I mean, just to add to that, mm. I was having a conversation with a really good friend of mine who's a innovation director at Oracle, mm. and he was basically saying that one of the best things you can do for your business is to take care of yourself. 100%. Right? 100%. So like just putting so yourself true. through like this like really rough... Yeah. Um, timelines and timeframes and pushing yourself so to the silly. extreme, quitting your job, yeah. living on the edge, like, you know, it doesn't Does really help the business sometimes, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Awesome. Well, look, I think that's a pretty good insight into entrepreneurship. Mm. And what I sort of want to move on to now is the growth aspect of things, right? Yeah, great. So you've, you've moved from, so you're already doing entrepreneurship and yeah. now you've sort of decided to focus on this niche, which is growth. Mm. And actually, growth wasn't a thing like a decade ago, right? No. It was it was marketing, and now it's like growth hacking. Is there a difference between growth yeah, and marketing? Yeah, so I don't, I don't really like... Um, so I hate the term growth hacking. For me, growth is just like um, a term I like to use because that's what... That's, that's basically... Um, so to give people kind of insight, what it looks like is... Um, basically, I describe myself as like a co-founder for hire, mm-hmm. you know, where... Don't need equity. Just pay me what I'm worth, and we'll get you to where you need to get. And um, yeah, growth entails everything. It's like leadership. It take because the founders, the leaders, are the lid on the business. If the founders psychologically cannot see something, um, or they're attached to something because of some emotional need or something like that, that's something that the business can't see. You know, that's a blind spot for the business. That's something the business is attached to because it can't see. You know what I mean? And so a lot of the time, you know, uh, the first couple times I, I work with, um, uh, you know, founders, uh, yes, there's the mechanics, but the mechanics are quite simple. Um, it's often helping them uh, heal and um, complete whatever they need to complete psychologically or whatever they can't see. Um, like, for example, one company we've been working with um you know, there's there's two people in the business and um, uh, running two sides of the business. And one side within, you know, two, three months, we got it to like predictability, repeatability um, very quickly in a matter of weeks, right? But this other one, other side just could not, could not, could like, it was just going nowhere. So I, I was kind of like, okay, let's go and pause. Let's focus on this side of business. Anyway, um, ended up working one-on-one with the other person and just helped clear so much. Um, uh, they'd been making themselves so wrong for the last couple of years around their business. They'd lost so much faith with themselves. They were making themselves wrong, hating themselves, like all of this stuff. 
which was just draining all of their cognitive load and cognitive energy. And once we're able to clear that, um, they've tripled their revenue on just that side of the business and growing the other side, right? And the mechanics are simple, you know, but they just weren't even executing on the mechanics uh, and they couldn't even believe in the mechanics because they didn't believe, even believe in themselves because of the baggage of the last three years of doing that business. So um, I don't know how we got onto this, but I find with growth, the area of growth isn't so much growth hacking or tactics or mechanics or anything like that. It always starts for me with the place from which you're coming from and coming from a clear, complete and whole place. And once you've got your own self in integrity, then you'll be able to get the mechanics, the tactics, the metrics, the funnels, the automation, the systems, everything else. You'll have the space and the energy and the, um, uh, the way of being to create all of that in a way that causes results and extreme results in a short period of time. So I guess what I'm getting from that is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but marketing seems to be more like a process and growth yes. is just the outcome. Yes. So whatever you need to do to get that outcome yes. of growth, that is what that, that field is, is, right? exactly it. Whether it be sales, marketing, therapy sessions, whatever, yeah. whatever it takes, whatever is the, basically it's a very simple game for me. It's like, okay, get everything repeatable. What are the bottlenecks? Clear the bottlenecks. Um, and then scale, scale, scale. Test, measure, learn, scale. That's it. Yeah. And do you think that's sort of a reflection of, um, I guess, now people are becoming more outcome-driven or were they always outcome-driven? Like, why is this just popping up now? Like, why is everyone so fanatical about growth? Is it because uh, we have all these startups popping up with less funding? Or you know, what, what do you think question. that is? Yeah, because before... Because it's interesting that you say, hey, 10 years ago, because you're actually... You're right. Like, growth wasn't language that was in the vernacular as much like it was but it was in the term of growth hacking mm -hmm. um so it was very um tactic level uh so yeah it's interesting why why is it now look um i think i think just the market's just getting more sophisticated mm -hmm. um i think the consciousness of startups evolves and you know as we uh as we progress you know I think just the public consciousness, whether it be the startup space, whether it be just the normal business owner space, whatever, I think it will just continually evolve as more and more people put their content out, educate other people, people learn. Um, and so I think the same with language is it'll just evolve. And I think that's what's happened. Yeah, makes sense. I guess I've, I've come up with a theory as you were talking about mm. why I think potentially um, we are now so like outcome focused yeah. and perhaps it's because like AI and these processes have become so easy, right? Mm. So now people don't really care about paying someone for a process when they're just so easy to do Yeah. and you have artificial intelligence. So what I really care about is the outcome. I don't yeah. really care like how you get it done because it's so, so easy to do now. Yeah. So that could be potentially it. Yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> good. I mean, for me, it's like, um, that's actually really good. I love to explore that more because um, for me, like one of the things I work with all the companies I work with is getting to what's your outcome? Like, mm -hmm. so what is the outcome you're delivering? And if it's anything less than like a hell yeah to your customer, like you're not, you start again, right? Yeah. Um, and not, maybe not start again, but you, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Um, and it's the same in terms of even, you know, the work that I do is like, I'll look at a company, I'll look at, I'll get all the data and I'll be like, all right, we, let's go from here to here. And that's just the outcome. And I'm there to serve that outcome and, and nothing more, nothing less, but everything else happens around that outcome. Um, and 
And I think it's also like a way of being around, like if you live an outcome driven life, that's a really powerful life. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I really, I really love the way, um, you know, uh, according, like, let's go with your hypothesis. <laughs> you know, if, every, if everything's making us as humans be more outcome focused, I think that's a better world. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, and I'm interested to see what happens as like, um, I mean, with AI coming up as well, mm. I think that's going to be really interesting in terms of like what the jobs look like in terms of what people yeah. will be doing. Yeah. Um, if this is the rapid change that we've had just in the last decade, you know, I'm really curious to see what happens in the next decade. Is growth even going to be a thing then? Mm. Or is there going to be an AI that does it for you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting. I think it's like, my, I have a hypothesis around that. I think for me, it's good. Like, I, I really believe it's the human element, which is, you know, this is the thing is if AI takes all our jobs, people will need emotional, like work to deal with not having jobs. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like as we progress, as, our, as all our physical needs are met, our mental health, our spiritual, our emotional, our um, phys- like physical as well, like um, needs become much, much louder in our lives. Um, when you're back in the day and you just got to get food on your on the table for your family, you know, you don't, you just, you just get stuff done. Like you have no time for emotions. You don't, you know, you just, you just do it. Whereas now, you know, um, uh, with a lot of this stuff getting handled for us, um, you know, we're all asking the question, what's my purpose? You know, that's a, that's like, when you think about it, that's actually a really weird question to ask, you know, like that's a very, uh, spiritual, that's a very philosophical, uh, uh, yeah, I was about to say dangerous, but like, you know, loaded uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Question, line of thinking um, that actually, you know, indicates um, a lot of our needs are met that we're now so high up on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's going to be a continued kind of way where if AI gets rid of, li- rid of a lot of jobs, there's going to be more demand for, hey, what do I do with my life? How, you know, all of that kind of um, emotional work. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, that's why I started the podcast, right? Mm. Like, of the 4,000 students we've had through Real Skills now, yeah. uh, which is an insane amount, mm. the number one question I get is, well, not even a question, it's just a statement. I don't mm. know what I want to do with my life. Yeah. What do you think I should do? And yeah. I'm like, I don't have the answer to that, but yeah. let me help you explore some stuff mm. so you can answer that for yourself. Yes. Um, yes. And I, I genuinely think if you've only ever done one thing, like you graduated, you did chemical engineering, you do chemical engineering, like, how can you really know that's for you, right? Like, yeah. you've just done that one thing your entire life. Mm. Maybe if you, like, explore, like, skydiving, <laughs> that might be a calling. You have no mm. idea. But yeah. you've just been so sheltered in this, like, one thing. Yeah. And I think that's what university does to you a little bit, too. Yeah, yeah. My university experience was a little different in that um, I was really, uh, yeah, I was really blessed and grateful that I, like, I got the COLP scholarship for business and IT at um, uh, UTS. Mm-hmm. And which meant it was a five year, four or five year degree smashed into two years, three, three years, two years uh, studying, one year working at two different sponsor companies. Mm-hmm. And that just, um, you know, that, that allowed me to not drop out. I'm jealous that you got to graduate in three years. Like, I know, right? <laughs> that's, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's so amazing. Is I'm, so, uh, I'm so grateful for that. Otherwise, yeah. you know, finishing would have been difficult because I would have just like, my brain would have been like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really, I'm really grateful for that. And if unis could, you know, we're, we're so annoyed when we have to do an eight week course mm-hmm. and we'd rather do it in one night, you know, and unis are to get it, having us do like five years. Um, you know, I'd love to see options to be able to like, like in the course I did and to fast track that, um, and like go, go deep and go intense. Uh, but for sure, a period of time, I think that would really allow people, uh, and, and they'd be able to change and be more nimble as a university as well. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I guess, like, since you didn't really do it um, in university, like, how did you get into the growth space? Because I remember talking to you, mm. uh, I guess, in 2016 when we mm. first met. Mm. Uh, I think it was a hotel in Melbourne. Mm. You were kind of doing a session with me, Victor, <laughs> and a couple of other guys about, yeah. like, um, actually, you were doing a handshake lesson, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, like, how to greet people. But yeah. then you also sort of went into, like, uh, how you read books and you went into, yeah. Oh yeah. I still remember this session, right? Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's like ingrained in my head. <laughs> and I also remember you talking about how you're obsessed with growth and learning. Yes. And, um, like that is like your number one thing. That's why yeah. you think, um, actually you said that was your superpower at the yeah, time. Yeah, as well. yeah, 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 yeah. So like, how did you get into growth and what's that journey sort of been like? And I'm, I'm also talking about like personal growth yeah. and also, uh, growth as a, a career. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, which one would you like me to start with? Let's start with um, personal growth because okay. I think that was sort of tied yeah, yeah, into yeah. like. Okay. Yeah. So I, I I've been thinking about this, and I think because um, in any um, kind of stage of growth, you go through challenge, so um, you go through pain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people stop at that point because um, of pain. Uh, but I think for me, like when I was in year eight and nine, I went through like massive anxiety. Uh, I went through depression. Um, and, but through that I grew so much. Um, and I think my brain learned at some level that pain equals pleasure, right? Like the growing pains equals like deep mental pain of anxiety and depression equals absolute pleasure and a better life. Um, and so that's really powerful. For me. So, so you mean sort of in a direct way or is it more like the pain will help you grow? Yeah. 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 And, and what do you mean by direct way? Cause I think maybe that too. Well, I mean, when I say direct way, like you get pleasure from feeling pain. Oh, um, well, it's, <laughs> that's not what you mean, right? No, no, yeah. it, but good, good check. Um, <laughs> that would be kind of crazy. That reminds me of a, uh, what's it called? Black Mirror? Is that the Netflix Which, show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of one of those episodes. Um, no, so it would, yeah, it's it's more the, the first where, um, like, for example, me and a mate, we went over to Canada. Um, his mentor uh, got, do you know Wim Hof? No. Uh, Iceman, check him out. Yeah. Really good. Uh, watch it on Vice. Uh, it's called the Iceman. And um, my mate's mentor organized uh, to fly Wim Hof's right hand man out to Canada, and we did this whole kind of like uh, hectic thing with him, where we literally went out. It was minus twelve degrees. We went out to the ice. We hiked up a mountain um, with nothing but shorts and boots, and. Uh, in minus 60 degree weather. And then in minus 12 degree weather, we went swimming in a frozen lake. We got the mayor out, cut like a, like a, a, a quarter swimming pool length, um, block. And, um, the ice was like, uh, that the cutout was maybe, uh, how tall are you? Like one sixty nine. Yeah. 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 Like it would probably be like, you know, about a 70 centimeters tall. 
um, the ice. Like it was, it was pretty hectic. Oh, wow. Um, and you know, we went it, but in and through that, like I, you know, for me, I'm brown, right? And so my parent, like, going hiking was never a thing. Going, yeah. you know, doing do like being outdoors was never a thing. Wait, brown people don't hike? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of well, our parents' generation. Oh, right, you know, okay. Like, yeah. like you don't see them going, "Hey, son, let's go hiking." That's that's true. Um, yeah. Or let's go camping out on the mountain. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, one of the things I really wanted to create for my future children was. Uh, I wanted them to be out in the wilderness. I wanted them to be, you know, out in the ice, you know, swimming in ice lakes and just like living that kind of life. Um, and in order for me to create that for them, I authentically have to be that kind of human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that like that way of being, that way of thinking, you know, has me go out and actually like um, uh, develop myself in that way. And what I got from that experience was, you know, so huge is, you know, I, I got access to becoming the kind of man that I, I really want to become and also mm-hmm. to a stillness um, and a centeredness that has been so powerful for me, um, being able to just be the man in the ice. Because when you get into the ice uh, and into the ice water, every part of your body like starts like going into shock. Yeah. Fight yeah. or flight. And then what you do is you go... you just breathe out for like 20 seconds, you know, you yeah. deep, quick breath in and then slowly out and you just relax your uh, parasympathetic nervous system and you just, you just, you're just in it and you just feel and, and the experience is like, you know, you go from, oh my God, I'm going to die, blah, 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 to, oh wow, I can feel my feet in the sand and the sand is like clumpy because it's so cold and I can feel like my, uh, my legs starting to tingle and go numb. I can feel my hands starting to tingle and go numb. Oh wow! I can feel my body, and you just feel everything, and you're so present um, that you're able to let go of the mind. You're able to let go of everything that's in your way, and access a place where, you know, you you're just in trust. You just trust your body. You trust the water. You trust the ice. You trust yourself. You trust um, God. You trust you know the world. You trust the molecules around me, around you, and it's such a beautiful place. And being able to learn to get access to that place and you know, there's whole whole bunches of other stuff. There's self development courses. There's all these different kind of stuff. But, um, you know, by doing all of these different things, I find it gives me more access, more language, more tools that then allow me to contribute to other human beings, to myself, to my partner, to my friends, to my family, in such profound ways um, that, uh, yeah, it's just it's just the highest leverage investment that I've seen in my life. So you've sort of channeled your inner explorer, like that innate yeah. human desire. To yeah, like... and and really, and just like, um, you know, I, I, I just got to grow. Because, um, you, you know, it, and not just for me, so I can cont- contribute more. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And this is going to sound super lame, but mm. the way I liken it to it, like, so I, I believe in sort of the same way, mm. you know, you have to keep growing and pain yeah. sort of instills that growth. Yeah. In Dragon Ball Z, and again, I said it was going to sound lame. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> so in Dragon Ball Z, the Saiyans, when they get almost killed, they get this special thing called a Zenkai boost, mm. and they become even stronger. Yes. And so every time shit happens, yes. me and my friends just say Zenkai boost. Like, we're, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get stronger through this, that's right? That's cool. That's awesome. So that's, like, that's, um, that's sort of what you're talking about yeah, as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So I like referring to Zenkai Boost. And if I, I ever, ever write like an entrepreneurship thing, it's going to be called, called Zenkai Boost. Boost. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. I love that. And to add to that analogy, it's like, you know when they go into the gravity chamber? Yeah. And it's like that. It's like when you go and, 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 and do the work yourself, it allows me, like with that entrepreneur, to be able to help them in like one session, be able to see all the things in the last four years, you know, and be able to like help disappear that is because I've done the work myself and I've gone out and just like learned and, and done the work and implemented and then contributed and then implemented and contributed. And, um, and so because of that, it allows me to, you know, work with people in such a profound way um, that, yeah, I'm just so grateful. Yeah, and that actually flows into my next question, which mm. is about how you got into growth and what that journey's been like. Mm. And I think, uh, I mean, just to kick it off, it's sort of been like you've sort of grown your own things and now sort of being able to make it a repeatable formula for yes. people, right? Yeah, a blueprint. Yeah. Yeah, no, great question. So I kind of got into it by accident, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like most of my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, like pretty much all of it. Accident or serendipity, I think. Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, good. I like that. Serendipity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, guidance. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, basically, like... Um, uh, as we as we were selling the company, um, basically my mentor uh, here in Sydney, uh, I was living in Melbourne at the time, um, said, "Hey, uh, this is uh, the property stuff I do. Um, uh, this is how I do it. Uh, and um, look, I'm going to be retiring soon, but I'd love to be able to, uh, you know, I see you as a man of giving, and uh, by me giving to you, I, I believe it'll be a ripple effect um, on the world." And I was like, "Wow, that's so generous." And so he basically offered um, for me to come up to Sydney and he'd mentor me, train me, back my property deals, all that kind of stuff, um, and train me. Uh, and I'm like, wow. Uh, and then at the same time, uh, but with the property game, it's, it's, it's like long cycles and long, you know, uh, so cash flow isn't during the time, like you do a deal and then once settlement happens or, you know, that's when cash comes in. And so, um, you know, I need to do something for cash flow and just again, serendipitously, literally, the same day as uh, within a couple hours of my mentor giving me that offer, um, uh, a close friend who I'd been helping him with his business while um, I was scaling mine, uh, just helping him scale his, uh, he said, you know, hey, like, it would meet, like, is there any possibility that you could come help scale my company? And um, anyway, we, we got to talking, and so then. I was working on his business as, um, you know, for cash flow, just while I was doing the property stuff and we helped him scale like, uh, yeah, he quadrupled the business. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, what just ended up happening was, uh, you know, basically like, so that he could literally sit at a, um, uh, at his, uh, computer and he had one Google sheet and it was automated in real time. <laughs> And he basically could just sit there with a glass of wine. He doesn't drink, so it'd be a soda water. Um, and literally look at the business and see it grow in real time and see exactly if, if these two numbers are in green, he's on a million a year. You know, um, if those, if any of that's yellow or red, he's not, you know, and he knows that with absolute certainty and building a business like that means creating an asset, not a business. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? What well, is a business, but in yeah. my language. And so he just pulled out his laptop, showed more people and uh, shared the story and they, I just started getting so many people starting to contact me, and um, you know, and and basically just started from there, um, and uh, that's what I do now. 
So everything you're sort of saying is like value first and then sort yeah. of these, these businesses and ideas and all that stuff will yeah. come out of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I actually just to add to that, like, you know, this whole podcast idea yeah. spawned off the back of like talking to you about it, right? Yeah. And just learning about your journey and how yeah. it's sort of been like, you know, uh, giving value and you help this friend yeah. grow their business and then it sort of spiraled out of control. Yes. So for me, I was like, what is the equivalent of me sort of doing that when mm. a lot of the work I do is like helping university students yeah. and also, I guess, helping my friends who are entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, podcasts give value first. Yeah. Maybe something comes out of it. Maybe yeah. it doesn't. Um, but that's sort of like, I, I fully agree with that sort of mentality. Yeah. So, yeah. so you got into growth just because, again, by accident. Yeah. And then yeah. what happened was, um, you know, uh, my calling in life is to educate, equip and empower and raise up a generation of entrepreneurs to live a life of giving, right? But in order to live that life of giving, they need to be creating wealth themselves. And so um, uh, I had that calling before uh, and... You know, as this started happening, I just started seeing the dots connect and I'm like, wow. And I just loved doing it. Seeing, you know, because uh, both Ro and I went through so much pain of not knowing what we didn't know inside the business, like so much pain. And, um, you know, it was, it's just such a pleasure to be able to help these companies skip literally years, like years and years and years in 30 minutes. And it's such a joy and it's so cathartic. It's such a pleasure. Um, and it's my calling. And so uh, I kind of, it happened serendipitously uh, and, you know, happened for a purpose because, you know, the work that I do, I just get so much joy out of it. Because um, when, when uh, like, I, I, got the, I got this text the other day and, um, you know, this couple running a business and um, they were... Uh, I, I, within a week, uh, so they they were losing um, they were losing about one to three thousand dollars a month, not paying back their loans, um, not paying themselves, uh, and they had a kid, and um, something just wasn't making sense. And anyway, just did the work with them. In a week, they added five thousand dollars a month of personal income to themselves, um, and by increasing the revenue of the business. And, um, uh, then they were in profit personally as a couple after paying back the loans. And now they're doing like 15 K profit a month. Um, then they, then they doubled their income again. And then they, uh, created it such that they're now doing 15 K profit a month. Um, after paying back loans, after paying themselves, well, after paying everybody wow. and running the business a month. Yeah. Right. 15 K profit a month after paying themselves well. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's so rewarding. It's, uh, that, that just makes me so happy. Yeah, yeah. Like that's not all, that's their lives transformed and their kids and all their future generations. So how, how long ago did you figure this out? Like, you know, it seemed like growth really fits into your mission in life. Yes. Yeah. And like, when did all the, the puzzle pieces sort of fit together? Is it recently or has this sort of been... Here for um, a while. Yeah, so it's it's been real like evolution for me. So yeah. it's been over time working closely, um, deep engagement with these businesses, and like for me, I, I knew it worked for me, and 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 out of the mistakes and lessons from the tech company I was building, my brain works in a really uh, weird way where I create blueprints and systems out of everything. Mm -hmm. even if it's like getting out of, if it's like driving so anything 
my brain will literally find the most efficient way to do it the, so I can go on autopilot. You have an engineer's brain, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I have an engineer's yeah. brain. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I just do that with business. And I did yep. it with, and when I finished up with my ad, I literally went off, it went over every single, I literally wrote down every single mistake, every single win, and created a formula and a blueprint for every single one of that. Um, and, uh, and basically, I've been testing it out across these different companies, and it's worked. Um, and so, yeah, now I'm basically putting that blueprint together. Yeah. Awesome. So I think a lot of people will be interested, like after hearing about growth and what it is, like how would someone, if they were interested in this growth space, uh, whether it be through a growth hacker or a growth market or whatever it is, or just growth in general, like how would you suggest that they sort of get into this field? So I pro- I would, this is not going to be helpful. But I would yeah. suggest they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would suggest is go out and build a business first. There are too many people who do this kind of thing, and they have no idea. All they know how to do is put some Facebook ads out um, and not actually uh, grow a business because they haven't done the hard yards themselves. They've only built a business um, on selling their business, on selling their, you know, yeah. You so until they have a repeatable process that they can guarantee growth for a client. That's exactly it. <laughs> they, yes. You probably shouldn't go into growth, right? 100%. 100%. Yeah. And um, I, I do find there's a lot of hot air in this space as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. really unfortunate. Um, uh, but uh, so my recommendation would just like start, like start a business um, or even work for a startup or high growth company and just learn learn if you want to get into this kind of field learn and learn and start looking for the patterns start looking for the areas you're really passionate about like for example they might be passionate about cash flow you know a cash flow growth you know like i love all these different areas so i package it together but you know if if somebody really wants to kind of go in that way they should start a business uh create it scale it start many maybe one maybe two work with other companies etc um and then only then, if they still feel led to go into this kind of area, then to do that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I kind of want to go into some some sort of conclusion sort of questions, yeah. right? Um, so, I mean, just to get started, um, what, like, just to sort of sum up everything, what do you think is the uh, top tips you would give for someone looking to, uh, they've started a company and they're, you know, they're 19 in their parents' backyard as well. Yep. And they're looking to grow their company what would be the uh, the things that you would sort of tell them? And I guess, what would be the things that, I guess, you wish that you could have fixed up when you were... I think we already touched upon it, but sort of just to wrap it up. Yeah, great. I would say um, go to johandante.com slash start a company. Um, but uh, apart yeah. from that... Um, well, that's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but basically, like, they just need to think about uh, three things: de-risking. Um, uh, de-risking. Is this something that um, you know a certain market will find absolutely uh, unbelievable uh, and would not want to get rid of, um, and would just would yeah would just be would find so unbelievably valuable. Um, so come up with a plan to de-risk that. Then um, so there's three areas, right? So that's the first, uh, which is under the banner of product market fit. The second is um, around sales, sales basically, and can uh, de-risking, can we sell this at a certain price, etc. 
Um, and so coming up with a plan to do that, that usually looks like literally just going out and selling. Mm-hmm. And then the third is, does the unit economics make sense? What that looks like is pulling out a Google Sheet and um, literally uh, drawing out, okay, this is how much we plan to sell it for. This is how much it'll cost per kind of thing. This is our rough fixed operational costs. Um, how many, and just modeling out financially. Uh, doesn't have to be complicated. Income, expenses, uh, income, cost of goods sold, expenses, and modeling out uh, what the business, modeling out the entire business um, from a numbers perspective. And because, for example, you know, I had a friend, he's launching, um, uh, he's launching, uh, have you heard of blue blockers? No. Um, so anyway, the sunglasses <laughs> that are really good for your eyes and block out, you know, harmful blue light. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, he was like, oh, I want to sell it for like, you know, 40 bucks so that everyone can afford it. I'm like, brother, it'll cost you 30 bucks to sell that thing. Yeah. So you've got 10 bucks left. How much does it cost you to make it? 12 bucks. Okay. Now you're in debt for two bucks. Uh, are you going to pay yourself? Okay, great. Now you're even more like, and we just went through it. Right. And, um, he's like, Oh my gosh. And we just literally went through a spreadsheet and I'm like, okay, what if you made a hundred bucks? Oh, oh. So now he's selling one. Well, like, what if you make 150? And so now he's selling it at about, I think 120, 140 us dollars. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we like basically, uh, well, I'm just helping him as a maid and, and like he can actually, cause it's all about sleep. So blocking out the blue light so you can sleep better. He can actually put a sleep course on top of that. And charge five hundred bucks, and just make pure profit, you know. Yeah. So, but we all di- we created that from nothing off a spreadsheet, mm-hmm. right? And so that's the third component is the unit economics. So the three components, um, de-risking product, the three components to de-risk in any business that you're starting up, um, de-risk product market fit, de-risk uh how cost of acquisition or like how you're going to sell it, uh, and um. Oh, can you sell it? And then the third is to de-risk the unit economics, and you can do that on a Google Sheet. And those three things, you create a plan to do that, you start executing, and just from that, step one, step two, step three. Yeah, amazing. And and I think, um, just to add to that with another case study, Yeah. when I was sort of going through this with my beer company, mm. this is a really interesting um, like learning process mm. for me, especially because um, there were so many different factors, right? Yeah. One was getting the price of the beer to the point where it made sense financially. So we did those spreadsheets, yeah. try to figure out what our cost of goods was. Mm. And we realized that uh, the price that the market wanted to buy the beer yeah. versus the price that we needed to sell it to to make profit was just like hugely misaligned. Mm. So the business ended up failing just mm. because we there was no product market fit. Yeah, The beer would honestly cost us $80 like for a six-pack to wow. make. Wow. Just because we were handcrafting of course. Yeah, each yeah. beer to of customize course. ingredients. Of course. Right? So it just didn't make sense in the it end, right? It makes sense, yeah. So, I mean, it's just sort of balancing those two yes. things out, yes. right? And, and brother, like, it's so phenomenal you did that because I see so many startup entrepreneurs, they'll go through four years and they'll just be like fighting reality. Yeah. And then yeah. literally like, uh, you know, a friend will introduce me just because they're feeling their friend's pain. And I'll just sit down for like 15 minutes and just be like, all right, here's the sheet. And they go, oh, wow. I just wasted four years of my life and just because I didn't know this. And uh, yeah, so I really acknowledge you for not doing that and for it's know. like it's like uh kevin from shark tank always says like you need to take it out the back of the barn and <laughs> yeah yeah take exactly. it out with a shotgun exactly <laughs> oh yeah awesome well and the final final thing i just sort of wanted you to leave the audience with is mm. what is one resource or 
book that you de- definitely recommend someone should read um, if they're interested about growth or entrepreneurship in general. Growth on okay, so if it's growth on, I've got two recommendations. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So if it's growth or entrepreneurship, um, I would advise them. There's an amazing man called Brian Balfour, B R I A N space B A L F O U R. I believe that's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, look him up. Read all of his stuff. It's gonna be t- probably too high level and too um far beyond if you're startup startup, but it'll give you a a more grounded and mature sense of the world of growth. Um, and uh, so he that would be the world of growth. So just so they know, what's um, Brian's background? In, in... Uh, so he was he he was the head of growth for HubSpot, mm-hmm. uh, which is a huge customer relation management system um, and marketing automation software uh, from when they were, I think, like a million or 10 million yep. to 100 million, you know? And... Um, He's 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 an amazing man. Yeah, he's all over right. He yeah. does like conferences. Yeah. He's just got his blog. Yeah, yes. so. he's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so he and then um, from the personal development space, I, I would recommend looking into a guy called um, MJ Fitzpatrick, and um, you know he runs. If you're in Sydney or Melbourne, he runs these events for men called Kill Your Demons, and then other ones for women, um, and uh, that that's that's going to be one of the best ways I recommend to uh, short-circuit growth around um, uh, yourself emotionally, mentally, uh, and spiritually, uh, and even physically, because it'll, it'll, it'll come out from there. So just to, just to wrap it up again, yeah. um, where can people find you and how can they interact with you if they wanted to? Yeah, um, just head to johandante.com, so Y-O-H-A-N-D-A-N-T-E.com. Um, and uh, if you're a startup entrepreneur, there's some resources for you. If you're a seasoned entrepreneur um, and you're looking to scale, like on the website, you should be able to book a call, book a call, be happy to chat. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Pleasure. Thanks, AJ. Thanks for listening to another episode. It would mean a lot to me if you could hop onto iTunes and leave me a quick review. If you want to engage with me or my community more, just go to ajprakash.net and subscribe for more updates, podcasts, and more valuable content straight to your email. Thanks again. I'll catch you later.